Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is 27 August, Sunday. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see here. I've got a, I want to, just first things first, I want to say that I have a bandana that came all the way from Calgary. I'm sorry, Winnipeg, Manitoba. And uh, it's uh, horses. It's a, it's a rodeo they have up there every year. And the lady up there sent this to me. And I'm so, so very, wait a minute. Winnipeg is the person I'm highlighting. It is from Calgary, Alberta. Her name is Deborah Ware. And so I've got two people uh, from Canada this week. And I got confused there. So Deborah Ware, I want to thank her very much for this. It, it is a beautiful band. And horses all over it, people riding them. And very nice. And um, our web person said all the sermons are up on iTunes. He's done a ton of work. Everything is up. He said, if you find any errors, please report them to us. Everything is free on iTunes. There's no charge. And um, he said, what you need to do, and I don't know anything about iTunes, but he said, just search for Charlie Garrett and it does come up. So, uh, wow, who who would ever think that? (laughs) Anyway, um, he said, if you're not on iTunes, you can go to the website, just go to sermons, and then a drop down box will come out, podcasts, and then files, and then audio all. And you can pick whatever format you want, he says, and then you can listen there on the Superior website. So he's giving you two options as far as that is concerned. So I want to thank him and the other people that have worked to get this done because it is a lot of work. I mean, we've got a ton of sermons out there, and they start from Genesis 1-1. They go all the way through. We've got the book of Ruth. We've got the book of Jonah. We've got the book of Exodus and halfway through Leviticus. So a lot of, lot of work they've done, and I very much appreciate that. And then, as I said, we've got somebody to highlight this week. His name is Bill Giesbrecht. And he's from Winnipeg, Manitoba. He said, I was saved in the fall of 69. Uh, Didn't write down the date. I always enjoyed prophecy, studied it for 42 years. And on his Facebook wall, it it says he actually studied at Dallas Theological Seminary. I don't know if he got a degree there or not, but it is on his wall. Um, He said he was born in Paraguay. And my parents were Canadians, and they always wanted to move back to their home country. One of my favorite songs is about the Guarani Indian uh, he said, it's a George Baker selection, Fly Away Little Paraguayo. And I listened to it. It's a great little song. So what, I listen to that if you get a chance. And then he gave me some pictures, and um, I'll describe what they are. The first picture is our 45th anniversary. Our son-in-laws gave us 45 pink roses. Aww. And then uh, the next one is our two grandchildren, Callista, nine years old, and Maddox, eight years old. And then he says, uh, number, the third photo is me in the 80s when I still had lots of hair. And then I got sick and spent six months in the hospital. And the doctors told my wife I would probably die in two days. But my pastor came to see me and told me that the Lord had given him a scripture for me. Psalm 118, verses 16 through 20. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord, something he's still doing to this day. And then it goes on, the Lord has chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. And then, uh, thank God that happened to one of our brothers in the hospital this week as well. And then his fourth photo is our two children as infants, who are LaShawn and Wesley. And finally, he added in a photo of our wedding day on May 27th of 1972. So, wonderful person. It's an honor to uh, highlight him, and we send our love all the way up to Winnipeg, Manitoba. And then uh, we have our first category, as always, is Israel. 
and from the Times of Israel, oil bonanza in Golan may help grease wheels for the BRI. That's the Bricks Road Initiative that I talked about, that road that they're talking about coming all the way across. There's oil there. People want oil. If they don't own it, they want to possess it. So since regional stability is key to China's continued access to Mideast energy sources and to push forward the BRI, Beijing is stepping up efforts to help resolve the Syrian crisis and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It is becoming more proactive in supporting a negotiated political settlement in Syria, proposing trilateral dialogue among China, Israel, and the Palestinian Authority, and moving ahead with infrastructure projects in Syria, Jordan, and Israel, where it will be importing 20,000 infrastructure workers. Now, you, you keep seeing this. China, they keep popping up there. As I said, they're trying to get um, an agreement between Israel and the Palestinians, as everybody else on the planet is, and they're doing this, and they're doing this, all in the Middle East, because it always comes back to oil. God has planted this oil in certain parts of the world to control the the workings of the world. Um, China is thus becoming a de facto regional stakeholder in the Middle East as it is increasing resources to protect its growing portfolio of assets and citizens there. In November 15, AFEC oil and gas discovered an oil bonanza, which I highlighted, in the Golan Heights with potential of billions of barrels. And you can see the people salivating over it around the world. The layer is thick, 350 meters. It's 10 times as large as the average oil find worldwide. In the past, Israel's leaders have offered to pull back from the Golan in return for a comprehensive peace treaty with the Syrian government. However, any such deal has been ruled out since Syria began disintegrating in 11, 2011. And now there are efforts to demand recognition of Israeli control of the 1,200 square kilometers that it occupies on the Golan. So everything comes back to this little sliver of land in the middle of the world. There are a lot of speculations as to whether Harvey, which is just pounding Texas right now, is not judgment on America for trying to support the peace initiative over there. There's a logical argument for that type of thought because what's his name? William Koenig uh, wrote a book called Eye of the Storm, I think it was called, where he documents every time that we have gotten into one of these attempts to settle peace between the Palestinians and Israel, we have had a major calamity in America. And the most expensive calamities of all have all coincided with that. Now, that could be the case, and I would not have a problem with that analysis, but it also could be the case because... Other countries are working on dividing Israel as well, and they're not receiving these judgments. It could be that we're spiritually connected to Israel, and that's why that's happening. Or it could be that because we're such a large player, the Lord is trying to divert our attention away from Israel and back to the homeland. And in other words, he has a set time when Israel will be divided. He knows that until the time of the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, the rapture of the church is not going to happen. And so here we are pushing something and the rest of the world may say, well, we need to do it. America's involved. And instead of that happening, let's cause economic and natural disaster calamities in America so that we just say, we don't have time for this right now. We've got to get back to America. I don't know which is correct. That second one is my own personal analysis on that, simply because there is not judgment all around the rest of the world when they try to push these things. However, having said that, there may be that spiritual connection between Israel and America that doesn't exist elsewhere. I don't know. We can speculate all day we want, but one way or another, we had Harvey at the same time that this is going on. You decide which one you want to follow. That, that's fine. Yes. 
refineries are huge where it's hitting right That's now. right. The refineries, we have 25% of the refineries right now are shut down. That will cause us to back off on oil production, etc. Everything comes into play when God spins something into action and causes a hurricane or an earthquake or something like that. He is the one that controls the, the earth. And so... Bill Koenig reported this week in a White House report that major under-the-table negotiations are going on yes. in Israel. Yes, Not the surface stuff that's being reported. That's right. There's a lot of really major stuff going on right now. And Bill Koenig had uh, reported that this week. So it, these things are going on. We can look at them and we can say that God is completely in control. Even when we see disaster in Texas, we know that there is something that... Uh, you know, it says, people say, well, God wouldn't do that. What does it say in the book of, I think, Amos? It says, if there's a disaster in the city, has not the Lord caused it? He is the, it, to say that he is not aware of and in control of these things is to say that God is not in control of these things, and then he's not God. So we serve a great God. He has a plan. It is being worked out. Wonderful stuff there. From Haaretz. Satellite images reveal Iran is building a missile factory in Syria, something we certainly could have expected. Now they have um, images to prove it. An Israeli television report said that Iran is building a facility in northwest Syria to manage long-range rockets and showed satellite images, it said, were of the site under construction. They don't have rockets quite yet that can hit Israel, or if they do, they have more time to shoot them down from Israel. If they're in Syria, it's closer. They can certainly hit Israel, and there would be less response time. So this is an important development here. Prime Minister Netanyahu warned that Iran was strengthening its foothold in its ally Syria as ISIS fighters were being displaced, then said Syria was watching developments and would act against any threat. The Channel 2 TV news report showed images it said were taken by an Israeli satellite showing a site in northwest Syria near the Mediterranean coast town of Banias, saying some of the construction indicated explosives would be stored there. The images from Eros B satellite showcase the site's ability to store underground missiles, the report said. And what they've done is they've taken this site and they've got another set of sites that are in Iran that are known missile sites, and they've compared them, and they're the same buildings. It's the same layout. Everything is identical. There's no other use for these other than what has already been confirmed in Iran. So Israel will have to act if nobody else does. They will, no doubt about it. Mail online. Better get out early than late. Barcelona's chief rabbi urges Jews to move to Israel as he warns Europe is lost because of the threat of radical Islam. At least 14 people were killed, as we know, and some 113 others injured when attackers plowed into pedestrians on the promenade in the tourist area last week. Another attack in Cambrils resulted in one person dying and seven injured. Barcelona's chief rabbi, Mayer Barhen, told his congregation to move to Israel. So once again, the Lord uses all means to bring his people back, as the Bible said he would do. He's bringing them back, and they're, they're doing Aliyah back to uh, Israel, and probably these people will soon be leaving as well. Mail online, one-third of British Jews have considered quitting the United Kingdom because of anti-Semitic hate crimes, reveals a shock new survey. Surgeon anti-Semitic hate crimes means more British Jews want to leave the United Kingdom. This comes despite a drop in the number of anti-Semitic views held by the public. The campaign against anti-Semitism say the legal system is letting them down. No surprise there. And from the Times of Israel, daughter, our uh, 
ambassador to Israel, Friedman, just went over there recently. The daughter of U.S. Ambassador David Freeman makes Aliyah. That means she is moving from America. She has moved to Israel. She is one of 233 new immigrants from North America arriving on a plane chartered by Nefesh Bey Nefesh. So it's happening. The Jews are going back in great numbers. She will retain her U.S. citizenship, but she is uh, now making Aliyah to Israel. And from the Times of Israel... Just love it. IDF blows up a home of terrorists who killed the Jerusalem border guard. So keep blowing them up. But as I said, you know, they get paid for doing this stuff. And if they die, then the family gets paid. And blowing up one of their crummy houses, they cost them $800 to build. They're making that much in a month. They can build a brand new house and say, well, it didn't matter anyway. But at least they are doing it. At least they are going in there and they are taking some sort of action to stop this nonsense. From Christian News today, I'm going to call this the football bat. All right, we got three articles that are just, they're as intelligent as a football bat. Anyway, um, before I get into that, Mike the Web Guy has something else he wants me to say. He said, please set aside September 30th for corporate or private prayer that God would enlighten the Arabs. I have three websites, a blogspot, Twitter, and Facebook set up to announce this. As the church wastes its time on September 23rd, this thing about Revelation 12 rapture and everything, which has been repeated how many times in the past 15 years? The rapture is going to happen because of Revelation 12. It's just that it's bigger this time. People are all caught up on it because it's on the Internet and people are getting hundreds of thousands of views. The one thing I will tell you, I will say this. The rapture may happen today. The rapture may happen the 22nd of October it may happen December 3rd. The rapture will not happen on 23 September. I will make that right now. I, I, I will absolutely assure you that it will not happen, okay? If you're wasting your time and your effort, think of this. You know, it, it bothers me. I think of these things. People put out a video, and there's about 15 or 20 or maybe 100 of them now, and all of them have hundreds of thousands of views. Now, you watch a one-hour video, and you have hundreds of thousands of hours of productivity lost over nonsense, Absolute nonsense. Okay, think of that. What we could be doing with those hundreds of thousands of hours, Jim and I and few other people, Chris, are out at the projects every single Saturday of our life. We have not missed one Saturday in 10 years. Not one. I've missed some. Jim has missed some. Chris has missed some. But as a group, we have never missed a Saturday. Now, these people are sitting there watching these nonsense videos, and they're wasting literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of hours where they could be telling people about Jesus Christ, okay? That is what's important. He's asking for people to pray about Arabs coming to Christ on September 30th, and I will bet that of the people that are following this September 23 nonsense, not one of them will take time to pray for the Arabs on September 30th. Anyway, he, uh, we should instead pray that the gospel would go to the Muslims. And he has a blog spot, which is prayforarabsday.blogspot.com. And he also has it on Twitter and Facebook, which are linked there. And uh, he's, uh, you can email me for those links if you want, and I will send them to you. But I think it's a, a huge crime how much time we waste on nonsense prophecy when we should be going about the Lord's business and going down to the projects and telling people about Christ and going out into you know the bank and dropping off a track for the teller and going out to a, a restaurant and giving a track when you give the tip and telling people about Jesus. Every week after we go to IHOP, what do we do? We go, I'm, I'm sorry, we, after mission work, we go to IHOP. And every single week when we're there, we pray with the waitresses. They gather around us and they pray with us out loud in Jesus' name. And the people around us, if they don't like it, 
tough. This is what we're called to do is to tell people about Jesus Christ, okay? Not to waste our time with speculating on something the Bible says that we cannot know. The last thing that Jesus said in Acts before he ascended was, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons. Paul confirms that in the book of 1 Thessalonians, and people twist that around and say, see, we're supposed to know the times and seasons. The only thing we're supposed to be aware of is the, the general time that the world is degrading as it is. We know these are the end times, and that's why I have a prophecy update, is because I believe these are the end times. But we're not here to be speculating about those nonsense things, okay? I'll go on. Christian news today. Hipster Pastor launches late-night comedy show Mocking Sin. And our Arizona-based group has launched a political late-night comedy. It's a show similar to The Daily Show and The Colbert Report that provides stand-up comedy and skits by its pastor. The broadcast uses satire and strong language to make a mockery of sin in an effort, they say, to rival secular entertainment and engage the culture with the gospel. The endeavor has generated a mixed response, with some praising the program and others expressing concern over coarse jesting. Apologia Church, led by Jeff Durbin, launched next week with Jeff Durbin in this effort. Now, I can tell you, the jokes that he made were perverse. They were things that I, wouldn't, I would not want to have said even on my regular TV. And he's making joke about it. He's trying to bring in the gospel of Christ. But I, I, I read in that uh, particular article some of the things that he said, and I couldn't repeat them on a uh, prophecy update. I couldn't do it. And if I can't repeat it here, then I wouldn't want it repeated on TV where I'm trying to evangelize somebody. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to read you 1 through 7. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Does God say perverse jokes about homosexuality? And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which is what he's doing, which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Stupid message. You're wrong. You're wrong. Don't and I'm, follow us. We're just like you. You're just yeah. like you. That's exactly right. It's when churches lower themselves to society's standards, right. they no longer have anything to offer society. We need to be the people of God and be in accord with this word. From Christian headlines, pastors launch Christian alternative to Facebook. A new social media platform has been started by Christians who were banned from Facebook. It's called socialcross.org. It was started by a group of pastors who were suspended multiple times from Facebook for posting unpopular thoughts and opinions on LGBT issues. The pastors hope that the new social networking platform will be a place for Christians to freely express their beliefs and engage in conversations without fearing backlash. This is a place where we can all come together as people who believe in Christ and want to share with one another and learn from each other and do so without an environment of fear of having people report our post or Facebook blocking us for 30 days. The whole idea is that it's a Christian site run by Christians, designed by Christians and based on biblical principles. But anybody and their brother can join so as long as they understand that we are a Christian site run by Christians. 
he gets completely twisted in his thinking here. Listen to this. He added the LGBT members are welcome so long as they are not trying to cram that garbage down our throats, which is Facebook has set policies. If you don't like them, then get off Facebook, right? They're saying, if you're going to cram that down our throats, then get off of our site. So they're doing exactly what they're accusing Facebook of, okay? And I make some very, very strong posts, don't I, on Facebook, and I've never been banned. So obviously these people are, are saying things that are probably perverse. They're probably attacking people, which you can't do on Facebook. Anyway, we'll go on. If you want to come and ask honest questions and have an honest dialogue, you are more than welcome. But if the goal is to comment and force their lifestyle on others, that is not going to be allowed. So they're saying you can't do what we can't do on Facebook. I would never join a site like that. And the reason why is, one, you're not evangelizing anybody, which is why I'm on Facebook. I friend anybody. I don't care who it is. If they friend me, I just, you know, and if they get obnoxious, then I block them. And I will say that almost, almost every single person that I've had to block on Facebook has been a Christian. Christians tear apart each other more than any other group of people on this planet, if they disagree with you on King James-onlyism, they start badgering you on your Facebook wall and embarrassing you and all of your friends, and so you have to block them. And why would I want to do that with an entire group of people? Because they're saying, well, we want biblical principles. Who's biblical principles? Are you a Calvinist? Are you a, you know, a replacement theologian? Are you a dispensationalist? What is your doctrine? Because eventually they're going to say we're going to block you because you don't agree with us. The a point of theology is to... Tell what you believe is correct, and it must be in accord with this word. If people don't agree with you, the most debilitating thing in the planet, I, I know why 600 pastors a week leave the pulpit, is because when you say anything, somebody is there to attack you on it. They come out of the congregation. They may have visited your church one time. They may have heard you on the internet, and all you get is attacked, okay? And I understand 600 pastors a week leave the pulpit, that's why the seminaries are full of new people going in, and that's why we have such a deficit of good pastors, is because people attack you over the most minor things in the world. It's debilitating. The most wonderful thing in the world is when somebody walks up to you after a sermon and says, I really like that sermon, or they send you an email and say, thank you for that. I didn't know that, that point. But if you don't have anything good to say, then shut up. That's right. Don't say anything. Just let people be. You know, if they ask for comments on Facebook, if they say, what is your opinion on King James onlyism, then give it. But if they don't, why badger somebody? Just go away. Okay? Anyway, that's, that's my take on that. I would not join that social media just for that reason. From the AP, Dope Francis, rights of migrants trump national security concerns. Dope Francis urged countries to greatly improve their welcome to migrants and stop collective expulsions, saying migrants' dignity and right to protection trumps national security concerns. Can you imagine that? Come on in, and you have a right over the people of this nation that if you want to blow us up, that trumps the people's right to protect themselves. Says that's the guy who lives behind the That's wall. right. Says the guy that lives behind giant walls and that wouldn't, you know, ever, ever allow something like having 400 radical Muslims move into the walls of the Vatican, right? Francis demanded governments welcome. He demanded they welcome, protect, promote, and integrate migrants. But I want to fellowship with somebody on social cross media with this guy. Gee, let me let me uh, post on your wall today, Dope Francis. Anyway, um, let's see here. He uh, they must do all these things, saying Jesus' message of love is rooted in welcoming the rejected strangers of every age. Show me that in here, please. He demanded a simplified process of granting humanitarian and temporary visas, and rejected arbitrary and collective expulsions as 
unsuitable. He said the principle of ensuring each person's dignity obliges us to always prioritize personal safety over national security. Well, how can you have personal safety if you don't know the people that you're welcoming in? Everything he says is completely illogical. Everything. He is. That's a good word for him. She said crazy. Okay, you get the credit for that one today. Francis insisted that border guards must be trained to protect migrants and that each new arrival, regardless of their legal status, must be guaranteed access to basic services beyond health care. They're illegal and they must be given all rights of a citizen. Okay, which completely nullifies the word legal or having any law in your country at all. No laws. Everybody just come on in, do what you want. Um, That extends to guaranteeing access to consulates, the justice system, and the ability to open a bank account and survive financially. Unaccompanied minors, he said, require even greater protection, including guaranteeing them citizenship, guaranteeing them, and access to schooling. If you guarantee them citizens, then according to U.S. law, the family gets to come in eventually too, right? As well as foster programs rather than detention centers. He called for policies that support family reunification. I know of a policy that will support it perfectly. Put them on a bus and send them back, right? You want to reunify them? Just send them back, all right? Also, employment opportunities and accelerated citizenship procedures to improve migrants' abilities to integrate. Have no laws in your country. Have no no control over your borders. Just everybody do what you want willy-nilly. That is what has religion in the Catholic Church has come down to. And that's why we call him the dope. And that's why you now understand why I titled this section, The Football Bat. Okay? Uh Islam Today from CBS. Laguna Beach. It's very sad that it's happening in America, but this is the state of the world that we're living in, okay? And I agree with their decision. They're, they're taking preemptive measures. Laguna Beach installing barriers to protect pedestrians against weaponized cars. This is now the country that we are living in where we have to protect ourselves from people doing damage to us. The street attack in Barcelona following similar attacks here and abroad show that the need to protect pedestrians against weaponized cars and vehicles is a must. Laguna Beach is doing just that. The city is putting up barricades to keep drivers from intentionally doing harm to pedestrians. Concrete carriers will go up to block a car from jumping the curb into a crowd. The iconic Laguna location, excuse me, is a gathering place. A driver who has an accident on the stretch of PCH or a purposeful attack like the ones on the promenade in Nice, France or in London Bridge would be devastating, said one Laguna Beach visitor. As you look at it, obviously you're scared and you're nervous about the potential of it happening here as well. Easily a feasible thing to happen in a very idyllic and beautiful spot. I'm very happy they're doing this. I'm very heartbroken that we have to do this. I Absolutely. From the Times of Israel. Fakistinian terrorist loses U.S. citizenship and will be deported. I reported on her before. She appealed. The case is done. She is leaving. Ramsea O'Day was interrupted three times by a judge as she used her court appearance in Detroit to criticize Israel and the United States. That's why we honor her, right? And deny that she is a terrorist, even though she killed many Jews over in Israel. This is not a political forum for you to fan the flames of Israeli Fakistinian disputes, the judge said. It's about the application you filled out, said U.S. District Judge Gershwin Drain, who threatened to find her in contempt and send her to jail. Please don't. Just send her away. Just get rid of her. We, we don't. Yeah, and this is the type of person that the dope Francis wants us to mandatory to stay. Reuters. 
Turkey to boost military cooperation with Iran after Army Chief's visit. Iran's military chief, General Bakari, met Erdogan on a visit Turkish media said was to first go to Turkey by an Iranian military chief of staff since the 1979 Islamic Revolution in Iran. They have not had any contact since then, and now they are. Remember a couple years ago, Israel gave up on its um, military operations with um, uh, Turkey and Israel. They stopped doing that. They became almost enemies. They have straightened that out a little bit, but not much. But the alliances which are spoken of in the Bible, one of which is Turkey and Iran, along with Russia and along with the other nations that we mentioned week after week, are being solidified. And we're seeing it right before our eyes. We'll go on. Erdogan's spokesman described the visit as fruitful and successful, adding that talks focused on counterterrorism, the battle with the Islamic State, and a joint effort by Iran, Turkey, and Russia to stem the fighting in parts of Syria. An agreement was reached to hold further high-level visits from now on. A series of activities will also be held to boost military cooperation. Ties between NATO allies Turkey and the United States have been strained by Washington's support for Kurdish YPG fighters leading the assault on the Islamic State in the Syrian city of Raqqa. Turkey says the YPG is indistinguishable from outlawed Kurdish PKK, which has been waging an insurgency in southeast Turkey for more than 30 years. Washington sees it as a vital ally in the fight to defeat the Islamic State. Things are just lining up. They're lining up. Week by week, we see it. From Behold Israel, two shipments from North Korea to Syria's chemical arms agency intercepted in the past six months. This is shipments from North Korea to Syria. Reports of the shipment were released to the public. The info coming from a classified U.N. report that was submitted to the Security Council. In the 37-page report... Uh, info information was released that the UN Security Council was investing the shipments through a UN independent team of experts. The report claimed that the panel is investigating reported prohibited chemical, ballistic missile, and conventional arms cooperation between Syria and the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Two member states interdicted shipments des- destined for Syria. Another member state informed the panel that it had reasons to believe that the goods were part of a COMID, K-O-M-I-D. COMID was blacklisted, it's a Korean entity, by the UN Security Council in 2009 over its ballistic missile and nuclear programs. The report goes on to state that the consignees were Syrian entities designated by the European Union and the United States as front companies for Syria's scientific studies and research center. The report also cites investigations of cooperation between Syria and North Korea on Syria's missile program. The report states that North Korea has been assisting Syria with its Scud missile program as well as repairing Syria's ground-to-air missile system. All of this can harm Israel. All of this. The report also includes details of an investigation of the use of VX nerve agent that was used to assassinate Kim Jong-nam, the brother of King Jong-un in Malaysia in February. It's a dangerous world. These things are going on right now. Our president is being completely eviscerated by the left-wing media every time he does anything, and yet this was set up and allowed by our previous president. It was initiated way back in Bill Clinton's administration. They kicked the can down the road. And we are paying for it right now because the previous president did nothing. He kicked the can down the road on North Korea, and he also started another can-kicking process in Iran. And it is all coming due under Trump. 
This poor man is being eviscerated when he should be supported 100% because of the lethality, the dangerous nature of what's going on in the world right now. All right, front page magazine. Most people have heard this. If you have not, I am completely and 100% in support of this person. Venice mayor, snipers will shoot anyone who shouts Allah Akbar. He said, anyone who shouts Allah Akbar in St. Mark's Square can expect to be gunned down by snipers within four paces. They said they wanted to go and meet Allah, so we will send them straight to Allah <laughs> without having to throw them off the bridge. We will just shoot them. And that's not Venice. That, no, that's not Venice, Florida. That's Venice, Italy. And I will tell you this, that if somebody comes into this church and opens that door and says Allah Akbar, he's going to be so heavy with lead. There's what, 20, 18 people in here today? Uh, there are a lot of people with with uh, guns that will. He better he better be very quick on the draw. That's all I can say because he will he will weigh a lot more when he leaves here. Okay, Mongolia. Um, you'd be able to use them for a car battery with all that lead in them. From ABC, Mongolian Derby, Australian Olympian Ed Fernan wins the world's toughest horse race. An Australian Olympian has won the longest and toughest horse race in the world. 29-year-old Ed Fernan conquered the grueling Mongolian Derby, crossing the finish line with South African Barry Armitage in equal first after a nail-biting race to the finish. The race saw 12 men and 24 women from nine countries riding 1,000 kilometers across Mongolia on semi-wild horses. Mostly riding full tilt, they charged through the rugged terrain of the Mongolian steppes, fording rivers, deserts, and wide-open plains on a course that is designed to recreate Genghis Khan's ancient postal system, same as our Pony Express. Horses will often injure the participants if badly handled, and riders are also given penalties if they overwork the tough Mongolian ponies. These are really small little horses, and they, they need to be careful with these babies. Fernan crossed the finish line exhausted and exhilarated. Just to complete the hardest race in the world is an achievement that few can boast. Wonderful stuff. Daniel 12, Technology. I have some great technology I'd like to share with all of you before I give my articles today. Is um, Somebody sent me something. I had a birthday a while ago, and uh, he sent me uh, a uh, Star Trek mug. And I've told some of you about this. Um, if you haven't heard, this is great technology. If you are a Trekkie like I am, you'll want to get one of these. On When you hold the mug up, it's got Kirk and then Spock and then McCoy and then Uhura. And they're standing in the transporter room, right? And on the other side, there's uh, just a mountain scene, okay? And when you put your hot coffee in there, they beam down oh. in the uh, transport room and they beam up on the, uh, the other side. So needless to say, I used to drink one cup of coffee a day and now I drink two. So I, I'm really enjoying my coffee mug. So I want to thank my friends uh, Kyle and Shella for sending that to me. It, it's a marvelous cup. Anyway, um, a little technology for you from Mail Online, Future of Policing. Minnesota firm creates pistol-mounted minicam. You pull out your pistol that records sound and video the moment after an officer's weapon is pulled. It's got a camera in the thing, and it starts filming. Cameras are being produced by Viridian Weapon Technologies. They say they will improve the accountability. Company President Brian Heaton said the cameras would provide that missing piece of evidence. And I'm actually opposed to this. I'm normally totally for body cams on police, everything. Why would I be opposed to this? Because it's too late. You have no idea what prompted him to pull the gun in the first place, and our police officers deserve 
to be not treated like that. You shoot somebody and you had no idea what led up to it. Body cams are the answer, not having an after pulling. Do you agree with that? I have a retired police officer here. The glasses and the helmet. Okay, there you go. So we have a retired police officer who knows these things, and it is not wise to have something after you have to pull out your gun. But it's not a bad idea if the thing was going all the time and you pulled it out and whatever. You got to see the guy get shot or whatever. But I, I, I am against something that could further implicate our police officers. They're bad police. They're a lot more bad guys. Okay? From uh, Daily Caller. Walmart wants to satisfy customers by scanning their faces. Walmart is developing facial recognition technology so it can identify the shoppers who appear irritated or just generally unhappy. The corporation reportedly plans on using biometric data that it collects to ensure that potential customers who are displeased at any given moment are thoroughly and quickly accommodated for. Walmart originally filed a patent to use similar biometric functionality for spotting shoplifters, but apparently has uh, since changed the technology and its intended purpose. It can also be very expensive to maintain sufficient staff to provide great customer service. It can also be difficult to establish an appropriate staffing level that will provide proper customer service without excess staffing. Walmart says it's utilizing biometrics because it is a struggle to determine if the customer service is inadequate in the first place. Consumers, for example, may have already been lost by the time management is able to analyze data or naturally detect any discontent. With so much competition, a customer will often simply go elsewhere rather than take the time to make a complaint. The patent concedes. Walmart is likely ramping up its technological capabilities because of specific competition, namely Amazon. Amazon is killing the rest of the world, and you don't have to put up with the grief at Walmart. You know, the people of Walmart, the clothes they wear, and go on, type in peopleofwalmart.com, and you can look at photos all day long of really bizarre-looking people. You can avoid all that by just... Clicking through Amazon. So anyway, um, Revelation Plagues today from Sidrap. Almost 1,000 salmonella cases now linked to backyard birds right here in America. Now, I would like you to know that this is, I am certain, a setup. Okay. Yes, people are getting salmonella from backyard birds. But what do you do in order to take care of the problem? Tell people you can't have any more backyard birds. In other words, limit the food supply in a country so that people can't grow their own food. We got, where was it, Oregon, where they said you can't have any of your own water, your own rainwater for your own use, and all kinds of crazies. Yeah, there are laws all over. Crazy stuff. I can see where this is going, but it's still, even if that is not the case, even if I'm just a conspiracy theorist on that issue, um, it, it is still the case that when the ball drops, there will be no treatment for this salmonella, and all these people would have punched their tickets. So a total of 961 cases of salmonella illness have been linked to exposure to backyard poultry, according to an update today from the CDC. The outbreaks have occurred in 48 states and resulted in 215 hospitalizations and one death. It would have been just the opposite. It would have been uh, 215 hospitalizations and 214 deaths if uh, if uh, the ball drops. So the CDC and officials from multiple states are investigating 10 outbreaks involving 10 different salmonella strain. 74% of the interviewed patients reporting they had contact with backyard birds in the week before falling ill. 
The CDC recommends that no children under the age of five handle live poultry without supervision. The CDC also recommended exactly what Linda just said, careful hand-washing after handling backyard birds, their eggs, or anything in the environment. Well, that's what you do. When we go down to the projects, the first thing I always do when we get to IHOP is I walk to the bathroom and I wash my hands because you're dealing with uh, uh, unknown sources of infection. If you're at the grocery store and, you you know, as I showed the, the shopping carts, they've got tons of bacteria on them. Wash your hands. It's just a smart thing to do in the world. After handling money, then wash your hands. Okay? Reuters. They what? Clean your steering wheel. That's right. Oh, boy. Everything. You know, wash your hands. Reuters. Philippines reports second outbreak of bird flu. The Philippines has found a second outbreak of bird flu a week after reporting the country's first case of the poultry disease. The cases were reported in the San Luis municipality and in Pampanga province, also in Luzon, which is where my daughter is from. She's from Pampanga in the Philippines, where the government said that about 600,000 birds will be culled to contain the spread of the virus. Samples from the first outbreak were sent to Australia for further testing, and results are expected to come within the week. All birds within a one-kilometer radius from the farms will also be culled. The Philippines is the latest country in Asia, Europe, and Africa to suffer the spread of bird flu viruses in recent months. Many strains only infect birds, but the H7N9 strain has led to human cases, including deaths in China. So it's serious. It's growing around the world, and the Philippines is now involved in it. Morality today. I have no article for you. Instead, I'm going to read you something from my friend, Sergeant Biggenheimer. He's a master sergeant in the United States Air Force. I highlighted him one time. He went on a TDY, which is, if you're not military, it's temporary duty up to San Francisco. And uh, he went for a government conference. And he sent me it, and I said, may I use this for my morality section? And he said, okay. And I want to read this to you, what's going on in our nation. I went to San Francisco for a federal dispute resolution conference attended by over 1,000 representatives of every federal agency in our government. I was there for four days, and what a wake-up call. I'm heavily involved in current world events, but this experience rocked me to my core. I saw thousands, not hundreds, but thousands of people living on the street on my morning uh, six-block walk to the conference. This is San Francisco where it's, you know, liberal heaven, right? Children doing intravenous drugs, crack smoking, fighting, human feces everywhere. This is in the morning time. People sleeping in the gutters, pot smoke everywhere, and just torn and broke people for miles. I've seen Skid Row, and I've been to San Francisco before, but this was beyond anything that I've ever seen. Mixed in with these people, I saw many with earphones on their head, walking to work, jogging, and so on, paying no mind at all to those suffering around them, and no indication of the Lord's presence. Once again, liberal paradise. During the conference, there was a clear push for the progressive left. Many speeches. This is our government. All the the, um, branches of government were there. They're pushing the progressive left. Many speeches were given regarding inclusivity and same-sex couples. A man who works in a high position in our government gave a long speech about this and then stopped at one point and said, now it's story time. He then went on to tell us his story of how he transitioned from a woman to a man. He put down our current president and administration and urged all federal employees to rise up against these because we have come too far, he said. 
I'm less concerned about him, but more concerned about the thunderous applause from all members of our government. What really caught my attention is during another speech, a high-level man was talking about all the wars and problems in our world. He said that he has the secret to peace and that it lies within us. We have to change. He then alluded to the fact that God is okay, but Jesus is not and that we can stop these religious wars and start being tolerant of one another. Well, there's intolerance right in his tolerance section. Then what really got me is when he said that we could solve the holy grail of peace problems, which is between the Jews and the Fakistinians. At that moment, he was cut off by another speaker who said, okay, we're not going to solve the Middle East peace problem today, but we will. Anyhow, I realized then that God brought me to San Francisco so I could return and share what I experienced. Imagine this going on in our government. Imagine that. Our other category. I want to thank our president for making a stand and pardoning Arapayo out in uh, Arizona. Wonderful stuff. The the news is all over him. They say that he's even Paul Ryan, that uh, they're all against him. All the guy was doing was enforcing the law. Illegal people in a society. And that's all he's doing. He's not doing anything wrong. Thank you, President Trump. And the second thing he did earlier in the week, which I am so, so behind transgenders out of the military. They are not to come in. Those that are in there will be left up to the decision of that Marine general who is what chief of staff or whatever. And um, uh, he, if he is a true Marine general, will put his foot down. But that takes the pressure off of Trump. He's saying, I allowed him to make the decision. Trump is no dummy. He is a wise man. He's a great president. Let's stop right and pray for him. Heavenly Father, we do pray for our president. He is a man that is hemmed in by wicked enemies on all sides. He's probably not right with you. And if he is, he's young at it. And he's getting all kinds of advice from people that may be misdirected. I would pray that you would alert him to right decisions, lead him to godly people that will uh, uh, help him to make decisions that are based on the Bible and that are good for this nation, good for Israel, and good for the cause of Jesus Christ. We thank you for our president. We pray for him. And we just ask that you stand with President Trump or that he would stand with you, better yet, and uh, that he would be honoring of you and your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Action News 3. The uh, enti- the uh, title of our uh, prophecy update today, I always put a title at the beginning of it on the picture on YouTube. The uh, title is O Rats. Okay. Action News 3. 300,000 pounds of counterfeit rat meat has been sold as chicken wings in the United States. FDA inspectors raised concerns when several illegal containers originating from China were seized by customs at the port of San Francisco, San Francisco once again, and were found to contain rat meat that was meant to be shipped to different meat processing plants across America and resold as chicken. You, they're indistinguishable. The rat part and the uh, chicken wings are identical. You can't tell the difference. Yeah. If hundreds of thousands of pounds of illegal meat have been seized and are to be destroyed by our authorities, then the FDA warns an estimated 300,000 pounds of the counterfeit rat meat might still be in circulation. They know they found millions of pounds. They know how many percentage usually gets through. 300,000 pounds of rat meat going around to Burger King and or whoever sells well, Hooters and um, yeah, places like that. It, 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 uh, yeah, the, the what archipelago? Rule 
the Gulag Archipelago. There you go. And so uh, let's see here. Um, counterfeit meat sold as chicken wings is big money. This isn't just China that does this. Every year, a similar situation arises. Last year, we seized large quantities of opossum meat coming from Mexico. As for the hundreds of thousands of pounds of estimated illegal counterfeit meat already on the market, there's no clear way for consumers to see the difference. If you find that your chicken wings taste slightly different from usual, it's a good bet that they might be counterfeit meat. But this can easily be hidden through the use of different ingredients and spices. She acknowledges as a warning, an estimated 36 million pounds of illegal counterfeit meat is sold in the United States each year. 36 million pounds. It comes every other country that ships us meat. They go to the cheapest source, they whack it up, and then they send it in here. So there's no such thing as, you know, what would you call it, halal meat or uh, kosher meat, unless somebody has actually watched that every step of the way. They can put any stamp they want on these things, and when it gets into the system, Apparently, you can't tell the difference. The article is much longer, but especially in the summer, this is very popular. And the reason why is because Americans like to eat chicken wings. And so during the summer, it, it, it is a big booming business in other countries. So, oh, rats on that. To eat most meat, not, not to eat most meat. The what? Bible says don't eat mouse meat. Yeah, don't eat mouse meat. Yeah, it doesn't say rats, does it? Yeah. It's real close. Yeah, it's very close. There you go. From the Washington Times, um, mainstream conservative groups alarmed to be found on a hate map. Okay, here are all the active hate groups uh, where you live, said the CNN Wire Story headline on Chicago's WGN-TV website. The article listed 917 organizations on the Southern Poverty Law Center's much-disputed hate map. This is a liberal group of people that have a hate map, and everybody that is a hater, they put on there. And they have some real valid hate groups on there. But they've also listed a lot of Christian organizations, just people that hold to the Bible. Okay, I looked, and we're not on it yet, but I imagine someday if somebody watches a prophecy update, they're going to say he's a hater and superior word. But um, it says... um, the, it names racist groups like the Aryan Nation alongside mainstream conservative organizations such as the Alliance Defending Freedom and the Family Research Council. I mean, people we listen to on the radio. Why is the SPLC doing this? It's simple. They want to vilify and isolate anyone that doesn't agree with their very extremist leftist policy and ideology. This isn't about defending civil rights. This is about attacking civil rights. And guess what? Remember when I gave that YouTube article a week or two ago and I gave one a month ago where YouTube is flagging people that are haters? They are one of the trusted flaggers. They are one of the trusted flaggers. And so that's why that article that I read you was so important and people ought to be talking about that is we have nut jobs like this flagging videos. Uh, Coral Ridge Ministries. Remember D. James Kennedy? He'd over there and he'd say homosexuality is a perversion. Well, that ministry is now on their hate list, right? He died, but his ministry continues on. They're on the hate list. And now they have sued the SPLC for that, which is right. They should sue them. You've got me on a hate list for believing what the Bible says? Absolutely crazy. All right, Mail Online. The Dog Father Revealed. Yes, the dog father revealed. Researchers find all domestic canines can be traced to a single genetic split from wolves. Now, wolves are canines, right? I've said this before. There are no such thing as dats because dogs don't breed with cats. We go back to the original Genesis account, and it is always validated by science. So I thought I'd tell you about the dog father today. Researchers studied the genes from dog bones found in Ireland and Germany. They found that dogs were domesticated in a single event by humans in Eurasia. 
The domestication of dogs likely arose via a population of wolves living on the outskirts of hunter-gatherer camps, feeding off human-created refuse. While the humans did not initially gain benefit from this, over time they would have developed a mutually beneficial relationship with dogs, such as defense. I have eight chihuahuas, and if you come into my house and they don't like you, they'll start at the ankles and they'll keep eating until you're completely gone. They are wonderful. Dogs are our first line of defense in our house, and we have several other lines of defense as well, so watch out. Washington Times, Oregon becomes first state to offer free abortions for all, including illegal aliens. Yes, free abortions for anybody in Oregon. BBC. NASA's ambitious plan to save the Earth from the supervolcano in Yellowstone. It's to fill it with Democrats. Good plan. <laughs> Actually, they want to drill down with a, a 10 miles under it, and they want to put water in there. You want to talk about a bad idea? Yeah. Mess with that. I think my idea is much better. Okay? Market watch. Want to fight climate change? Do not invest in Tesla. Okay, they have proven this with the uh, Prius. They've also proven it now with Tesla that you can never overcome the amount of carbon energy that it takes to make a Tesla because of the batteries. You will never overcome it. No matter how long you've had that car, it will never, never uh, pay for itself on a carbon deficit, which doesn't matter anyway, because one volcano puts out more carbon than every car will ever do in the history of the universe. But just so you know, if you're a greenie, don't buy Tesla. All right, I got a less Rick for you here this week, and um, we'll see if you can figure out which article it's from. Swapping rat meat for chicken does stink. Makes you wonder how foreigners think. Whether possum or rat in the garbage was spat once the message got printed in ink. All right. Uh, irony of the week. Before I get there, though, I want to remind you that Sergio and Rhoda have done a video. It will be linked at the end of the uh, Prophecy Update. It will be linked on the, um, on the uh, video, too, at the, on the front of the uh, YouTube video. And um, I also want to wish Rhoda who is Sergio and Rhoda. It is her birthday yesterday. And uh, so we want to wish her a happy birthday. And at the same time, Jim Dwyer had a birthday yesterday and Paul Stoll had a birthday yesterday. So we have three birthdays from the Superior Word on one day and we wish them all a happy birthday. So, um, irony of the week, weasel zippers, Barcelona suspects planned to blow up a church and they accidentally blew up the imam who radicalized them. Good job. Yes. And Mail Online... Boy, I wonder about this one myself. Mother discovers she has raised the wrong son for 28 years due to a hospital mix-up after her husband demanded a DNA test because the child was just too handsome to be theirs. Yes. So they found out he isn't. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia and Winnipeg, Manitoba, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word and that is your prophecy update for the week.